الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبد الله ورسوله We praise God Almighty, our Lord, our Creator, our Sustainer, for He is the light of the heavens and the earth, and He is all-powerful and all-knowing, and He is in charge of all things, and has power over all things, and is Lord of all things, and is our Lord. We declare our belief in Him stating clearly, without equivocation, that there is no deity worthy of worship except for God Almighty, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we declare our belief in all of the prophets that he has sent over time, including the seal of the prophets, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. My dear brothers and sisters, I have to share with you that today I'm very excited for it is the first day of the month of Ramadan. The first day is a Jum'ah. We are gathered together with hope and anticipation of this blessed month. It is an exciting time, and it has come none too early. I wanted to share with you today a few reflections. We'll call them the seven, the seven pillars of a successful Ramadan. So it's a lot of content I'm going to try and fit all of it in into a, a short khutbah, so it's going to be mostly highlights. But this is an opportune moment to reflect in an overarching way about how it is that we can get the most out of this month, for it is truly a blessed month. It is an incredible month. It is the highlight of our calendar. This is the time in which, if we approach it correctly, we can become revitalized in our spirit, we can become strengthened in our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we can evolve and develop as a community coming together from our various backgrounds and form from all of that diversity something that is more beautiful and more powerful than any individual can be on, their, on uh, his or her own or any segment of our community can be in isolation from the other. The first pillar, my dear brothers and sisters, is to have the right attitude. Talking with many friends and colleagues in preparation for this month, some were rife with anticipation. The month of Ramadan is coming, but to be honest, some were a bit hesitant. The months, the days are getting longer. It's very hot outside. It's difficult to fast in a society in, in the society in which we live, where we still have to go to work. And no one around us in our work is usually fasting. It's a challenge. It's more difficult. And so there's some, some people in our community, and understandably so, were a bit apprehensive uh, at the approach of this blessed month. So it's important for us to remember to have the right attitude and to acknowledge the difficulties and the hardships that accompany this month. It is difficult. It is hard. There's the, the story of the, of the NFL, these two brothers who play NFL. 
uh, to Muslim brothers, practicing Muslim brothers. And last year there were articles written that during the preseason, during the intensive workout for the season, they insisted on fasting and they worked with their trainer and they made it through the season or through the, the training period while fasting, playing at the level of the NFL. And of course, some of us who are older remember the circumstance of uh, the MVP of that year ended up uh, becoming the MVP of the, of the NBA, Hakeem Olajuwon, who fasted during the finals and his stats were, were better than usual. So it's difficult, it's hard, but it's doable. It's something that we have the capacity to do. Allah does not overburden us or overtax us, but it is a challenge. It is something that we have to face and it tests us. It tests our character. So it's important for us to have the right attitude and acknowledge the hardship, but at the same time, put it in context. For our situation, as difficult and fasting, etc., that fasting might be in the summer, imagine those around the world who not only don't have food, but don't have security. They're facing the challenges of bombs going off around them and gunfire constantly. They have no peace and security, no, no safety. Their state of mind is, is, is challenged. It's challenging to have peace and remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you're, you're not, you don't know if you're going to be alive in the next moment. And so for us here, it is important for us to keep it in perspective and to know that while it is hard, Allah wants it to be challenging for us, but not overly taxing. Of course, we all know the rules for those who can't fast because of medical conditions and uh, other ailments. You're, uh, of course, excused. But for those of us who can, it's important for us to accept the challenge and to invoke the hardship that we're going to face when we are communicating with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To say, Ya Allah, from the beginning, Ya Allah, this is difficult. This is a challenge but I take up this challenge. I take up this challenge for your sake and your sake alone. Because I am in need of something from you. My dear brothers and sisters, the bottom line is we need Ramadan. We need Ramadan and we need Allah's mercy and his compassion. How many of us are not in need in the month of Ramadan, as hard as it is? I don't see a single hand. Of course we need Ramadan and if we invoke the effort that we're giving, if we take one step towards Allah, He promises us that He will return our effort. Allah describes Himself in the Qur'an as grateful, that He is shakur. This is one of His attributes, that He is grateful for our efforts towards Him and that He reciprocates multiple-fold towards us. So let us have this, the right frame of mind from the beginning and take up this challenge and make our strides towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knowing that he will reciprocate multiple fold. The second thing is that while some of us may fast certain days throughout the year, and fasting is a unique kind of, of, of worship because it's something that no one sees. They don't see that you're fasting unless you make it known. It's usually something we do in secret uh, to do an extra effort towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We, we do it with sincerity, and the way that we know we're doing it sincere, we don't make a big show out, out of it. And so we, um, we might keep it on the down low and just 
you know, fast in a subtle way and, and do it in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the month of Ramadan is not one of those days. It is known as Muslims we fast in this month. And with that in mind, this is an opportunity for us to reframe the discussion with our colleagues and our friends and our neighbors. What is Islam about? Well, in this month, which is the high point of our calendar, it's about self-discipline. It's about refraining from following our whim and our desire and to answer to a higher call, to try and elevate our spirit, elevate our humanity by denying the basest part of our whim and our desire and redirecting our emotion to be compassionate to those who are in need of food and support and uh, assistance. So I encourage you, as the second principle is to share Ramadan with your colleagues and your friends. Invite your non-Muslim neighbors and friends to your home for an iftar. Open up a conversation about it. What's incredible is that as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, fasting is something that was prescribed upon other peoples before us. But it's a lost practice. It's a lost part of their tradition. And when we've engaged in it before, uh, with, uh, when I've talked about it with many of my Christian and Jewish friends, some of them feel inspired. I got a call yesterday from a group of Mormons. They said, this will be my third year fasting. We know uh, friends of us at All Saints, they've been fasting since 9-11. Since 2001, they've been fasting every Ramadan. The whole month. Uh, even the, the Mormon gentleman yesterday, he contacted me and he says, I'm going to be fasting this month. This is, my this is my third year fasting the entire month of Ramadan. However, I just want to tell you, I'm going to be traveling a little bit. So I've pre-made up the days. He doesn't know all of the rules. So he said, I pre-made up the days of fasting that I'm going to be traveling. So we, we can inspire our, our colleagues and our friends and our neighbors to, uh, to experience what it's like to fast as we fast. And when they do so, they will not only respect what we're doing, uh, but possibly even admire what we're doing. And uh, the, some of the student groups on different campuses are doing what's called a fast-a-thon, where they are inviting the student community at large to engage in fasting for one day. Then the Muslim student groups will host a breakfast meal, an iftar meal on campus, and they will say, in preparation for that day, Skip lunch. Have the, you know, here's the, the parameters of, of fasting. You have an early morning meal. You skip lunch. We'll provide dinner for you. And save your lunch money and give it to a charity of your choice. This is an opportunity for us to share what it is that Islam is all about from our perspective, not something that other people oftentimes realize. And so make this a public opportunity for you to be public about your religion, not in an aggressive way and not in a way to try and impose it upon anyone, but to reframe the discussion surrounding the Islamic faith in your circles. The third pillar, so the first one is to have the right attitude. The second one is to be public and share this experience with your friends and neighbors. And the third one, my dear brothers and sisters, is to take up this opportunity of this month to reconnect to the Qur'an, to re-engage with the Qur'an. And by reconnecting to the Qur'an, yes, for those who can make it for the taraweeh and the recitation, we listen to the entirety of the Qur'an uh, in Arabic. And, and uh, the Islamic Center here offers the English translation to accompany the Arabic so you can read 
and understand what's being said so we can, we can not only uh, reconnect to the Qur'an by listening to it and by reading it, but we should take it one step further and study the Qur'an. Study the Qur'an. Sometimes we're rushed. We want to quickly finish the Qur'an in this month, which is a noble intention. But I would suggest that instead of just trying to rush through the Qur'an on your own uh, each day reading one-thirtieth of it, Spend some time when you are struck by a verse of the Qur'an. Study it. Find a, if you don't speak Arabic and can read the tafsir, books of tafsir, find a translation of the book that has explanation and footnotes, commentary. We have a, a wonderful book by Dr. Fatih Usman called The Concepts of the Qur'an, which thematically uh, uh, breaks down the Qur'an into major themes. It's a wonderful opportunity to reconnect to the Qur'an this month is, for this is the month, as we all know, in which the Qur'an was revealed. The fourth pillar. So again, number one, have the right attitude. Number two, share this experience with your friends and neighbors. Number three, reconnect to the Qur'an. And number four, and this is an important one, make the rituals meaningful. Make the rituals meaningful. By rituals, fasting, that's a ritual. You're abstaining during certain hours from food and drink. Make it meaningful. Make it meaningful by refraining from not just food and drink, but from any other vice you may have. Getting, quick, uh, ang getting angry quickly from gossiping, which is a huge epidemic that plagues the world, and we're no exception as a Muslim community. Uh, refrain from dishonest speech, from uh, fraudulent speech, from any kind of speech that's hurtful to another human being. Refrain from all of that during this blessed month. Make the ritual of fasting meaningful, but also make the ritual of prayer meaningful. How many of you understand the Qur'an when it's being recited in Arabic? Raise your hand if you understand the Arabic of the Qur'an as it's being recited. Let me ask the question a different way. Raise your hand if you do not understand the Arabic of the Qur'an while it's being recited. All right. So a majority of you do not understand what's being said in Qur'an, and so... Uh, if you're standing for the prayer and the Qur'an is being recited and you're there for the tarawih, you have a challenge. How are you going to direct your focus if you don't understand each word that's being recited? Some say, well, it's a test of endurance. I'm there and I'm standing and it's fisa bilalat. Great. If you can't understand what's being said in the prayer, then you have to make the standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while the Qur'an is being recited meaningful by even if you don't understand the words are being, that are being recited, imagine the whole time and keep the focus on this while in prayer that you are standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We can easily get distracted by looking at the patterns on the carpet or what color socks are, we're wearing or the other person is wearing. We could, our minds drift when we're praying sometimes. But it's important for us to try and make the, the ritual meaningful. And if you do this for the hour, hour and a half of prayer each night, if you are able to maintain that focus and to elevate your spirit and imagine, if nothing else, just standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you have accomplished a great deal. There is a, 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 a hadith, a report, in which it's reported that the Prophet, on one occasion, peace be upon him, made a very long prayer. Not in Ramadan, he just made a very long prayer. He recited all of Surah Al-Baqarah, all of Al-Imran, in one raka'ah. 
which takes a long time. Then he made, according to this hadith, he made ruku'ah. And he stayed in ruku'ah for the same length of time it took him to recite those very long surahs. That's a long time to be in ruku'ah. And by the way, when you're in ruku'ah, you can, in addition to saying subhanahu rabbil azim, you can also make dua and communicate with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as you can when you're in sujood. But here's the interesting part. The hadith goes on to say that after the ruku'ah, he stood. Before making the sujood, he stood up and he stayed standing silently for the same length of time that he was in ruku'ah, which is a very long time. And so prayer can be meaningful even if you're silent and you're just understanding that you're standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you're just in the mindset that you are before God Almighty, prayer can be meaningful. Make the rituals meaningful. So number one, have the right attitude. Number two, share with your friends and, fam and their colleagues and neighbors. Number three, reconnect to the Quran. And number four, make all of the rituals of Ramadan meaningful. Let us ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for assistance in doing that and making the most of this month and forgiveness for we are all in need of that. My dear brothers and sisters, we ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestow his mercy and blessings upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi ya ayuhal ladhina aminu sallu alayhi wa sallimu tasliman. This month, this blessed month, is the highlight of our calendar as Muslims. And as the first day of Ramadan is upon us, it behooves us to think about strategically how we can make the most of this month. And so I'm highlighting today seven pearls of wisdom, seven aspects of a successful Ramadan, seven pillars, if you will. There are three left. The first, and I, my time is short, so I'm going to go quickly. The first is that we, uh, the, 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 the number six, rather, is that we number five, is that we focus on the family, that we take advantage of building our family ties and community ties during this month. Fasting during the rest of the year is wonderful. That's an individual act of worship. That's an individual effort that is made. But Ramadan is special because it's a community effort. It's a collective effort. We not only come for Ramadan, or for, for, for uh, the khutbah in Jum'ah every Friday, but we come many people every night to the masjid in the same numbers. Every night we come and we pray shoulder to shoulder, side by side. There's a brotherhood and a sisterhood that develops from that proximity, that effort, that shared effort, the community effort, the congregational effort that we make in this attempt to try and draw nearer unto Allah, to acknowledge our shortcomings, our limitations as human beings and to stand humbly before Allah and to do so with your brother and your sister, it brings the hearts together. This is an opportunity for us 
to build our community, but also not to neglect our families. This is a time as intensively uh, social as it is outside of the family, it should be even more so within the family. And so even though uh, maybe we, we take a, away Dr. Saleh Khuluqi from his family all Ramadan and we borrow him and, and his, uh, his wife is very generous in letting us have him, for, for those who aren't as uh, fortunate to have such supportive family as uh, Dr. Saleh, it's important for us to come together as our families as, uh, to, to, to build the, the ties, to strengthen the ties, and to build the spirit and the connectivity among the family. And one of the ways to do that is to get up for the suhoor together, to make that morning meal a special time where there's, you serve your, 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 your children. You, if you're the child, you help serve the, the, the family. Everyone partakes. Everyone prepares. Everyone cleans up. That that becomes a wonderful spirit in the home is the time, the early morning time when everyone is groggy, when everyone is tired. The tarawih goes until 11 p.m. every night. You, you have to travel to get home. It's very late by the time you sleep, and then you're up again at 3.30, 3.45 in the morning. It's very taxing. Emotions might run thin, but this is a time to build those ties and to have the morning meal uh, as a special time to not only prepare you for the, the day of fasting, but to build the connection, be extra sensitive, be extra caring, um, be, te- be attentive to the needs and the circumstances of those who are closest to you. For the Prophet ﷺ taught us that the best of you in Islam is the ones who are best to your family. But it's also a time to build community. And when we come, and we come from all different backgrounds, and we stand next to each other, we feel the closeness, but sometimes we're shy to open up our hearts and say hello to the person next to us, and to get to know the person next to us, and get to, to get to know the name of the person next to us, and to develop a relationship with the person next to us and find out about his or her family, to find out about his or her occupation, to find out about his or her interests, and to really come together despite being of different backgrounds. We have cliques, we have social circles that oftentimes we're very comfortable with, but this is the time to go beyond those comfort zones, to get out of our shells, and to really make a connection in, a, in such a fashion that it, it bridges the gap and sets the bar for what it means to be beyond racism, something that still plagues our country in which we live and the world in which we live in t- uh, t- uh, today. There was, uh, last year, we had uh, one of our youth group members, we had a spiritual night for the youth, and he was reflecting on this issue of community and the opportunity that Ramadan is, and sometimes the lost opportunity in Ramadan. Believe it or not, this is a true story, Last year, time for tarawih, it was getting close. Uh, he exited, this young man exited the freeway, and he inadvertently cut off someone else. Focused, maybe he was tired from all the fasting or overfilled from the breaking of the fast, but he was on his way to tarawih prayers, inadvertently cut off somebody. Now, the person that he cut off, zoomed by, was very angry, glared at him, etc. 
and then uh, they drove next to each other for a while, and, you know, there was a little bit of road rage, some tension going on there, nothing illegal, but, you know, it wasn't a, a, gr a great spirit. Would you know that they both turned into the parking lot for the Islamic Center of Southern California? And they parked next to each other. And they walked next to each other all the way to the prayer. This would have been the perfect chance to extend a hand, to give a hug. And he was saying that night, I regret. I regret not reaching out to my brother and apologizing for the inadvertent uh, mistake I made while driving. It was a lost opportunity. Let us not lose these opportunities in this blessed month. Let us not, let us not regret. Let us be generous in, in forgiving our fellow uh, believer as we need to be forgiven on the day of judgment. Really quickly, uh, this leads to my next point, number six, which is to embody the spirit of the month, the spirit of generosity, uh, of the spirit of charity, and the spirit of kindness. For if Ramadan doesn't produce in us these characteristics, then we've, we've failed in our attempt to make use of this month. Everybody in this month should be elevated in their kindness, in their generosity, and in their charity. Every time we come to the masjid, we should give. Whenever we find of someone a circumstance that, is need, uh, that someone, so, someone is need, we should give. How many of you have ever, on, a, on occasion, intended to give charity, but were inspired at the moment, and they've given more charity? How many have ever given more than they've intended to give? Raise your hands high. How many of you have ever given more charity than they've intended to give on any given night? How many of you, of the three of you who raised your hands, how many of you have ever regretted giving more charity than you intended? The three people don't have their hands raised anymore. So no one ever regrets giving more in charity than they intend to give. Even if it hurts a little, it's, it's a pleasurable pain because you know at least I've locked that amount in in the bank with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At least I know that that goodness is, is, uh, is sealed away in my book of good deeds. And we'll conclude the seventh pillar of a successful Ramadan uh, with this idea. Just to quickly review, you have to have the right attitude. We have to have the right attitude in embarking upon this month. Number two, this is a time of sharing who we are as Muslims with our society around us. Number three, it's a time to reconnect to the Qur'an in a deep and meaningful way. Number four, to make our rituals meaningful, fasting and prayer in particular. Number five, keep the focus on the family and on the community at large. This is a time in which we can grow in both aspects. Number six, embody the spirit of the month and let that spirit shine through in our character and our conduct towards one another. And the seventh one is that we should take this month to master the art of dua. The art of dua. And I say it this way on purpose, and I've mentioned it before in previous khutab. Dua, mashallah, if you've memorized a lot of dua, and you make the dua meaningful, but there is my dear brothers and sisters, I implore you to make the dua that you're making with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make it personal. Make it meaningful. Make it individual. Ask Allah what you need. And, I said, and I'll leave you with this thought. Three aspects of a, of a good dua is number one, acknowledging and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
for his most beautiful attributes, for all of his attributes. Number two, expressing your gratitude to Allah, acknowledging the bounties and the gifts that you have been given. And finally, number three is asking what you're in need for, for forgiveness, for guidance, for assistance, for improvement in your certain aspects of your character. And we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is vigilant in responding to any call of those who call upon him. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِ عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِي إِذَا دَعَانِ فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُ لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ Whenever your servant, O Muhammad, asks you about me, I am close, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. I am close. I answer. This is a promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I answer the call of anyone who calls on me whenever they call on me. So let them answer my call and believe in me so that perhaps, perhaps they may be rightly guided. Let us ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness in this blessed month. Oh Allah, you are the light of the heavens and the, and the earth and you are the light that illuminates our pathway forward in life. Oh Allah, shine your light upon our souls. Shine your, your, your light up on our pathway forward in life so that we may be successful. Oh Allah, illuminate our pathway for, uh, forward in this blessed month of Ramadan. Let us to make the most of it. Let us to benefit from this blessed month. Let us to draw near unto you. Oh Allah, let us to forgive our fellow human beings so that perhaps you may be forgiving towards us for we are truly in need of your forgiveness. We are in need of this blessed month and we thank you for it. For, for you are most generous, most kind, most forgiving, the one who is opt to, re, opt to, to accept the repentance of those who repent. Oh Allah, illuminate our hearts with the Qur'an. Guide us in the example of the prophets and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And, oh Allah, we ask you and you alone, for you are all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-hearing. Amin, ya Rabbil Alameen. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم أقن الصلاة إن الصلاة تنهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر <تصفيق>